What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, what's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I uh, could not be more excited to have our guest with us returning to another episode of, of the podcast. You were on my Johnny King show and now we're on the Becoming Kings podcast, but nonetheless, uh, just so psyched to have Rob Scott on the on the call who is, I think of you as like the, the master coach of, of coaches. Master Thank coaches, you. master coaches. Thank yeah. you, man. Like every single that. time we talk, uh, I, it's just my mind is blown. Um, and I'm not just making that stuff up. I, I still, I worked with you for a year and a half uh, mm. before in the transition of moving to Colorado. I still go back and listen to those call recordings. Oh, dude, I, that's I still awesome. go back. Yay. Yeah. And I, and I unpack those things and I have notes and I have a Google doc that just keep adding to it so that that is the value of uh of your coaching that just is the gift that keeps on giving so thanks for being with us man oh dude first off i love it thank you that means like, you couldn't say better words to me like that just feels so good to <laughs> yeah. hear that and, yeah. and I, i'm deeply grateful thank you yeah. yeah yeah for real i do i go yeah. back and I, I listen to those over and over again so that's to, to all you that uh decide to buck up and pay for a coach uh, if not rob or myself like yeah, get those call recordings because yeah, they're yeah, gold, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, they they're are. gold. Because we think we make progress, then we fall back sometimes, and we need a refresher, or mm -hmm. we didn't hear something. Anyways, it's so it's so good. But um, the a lot of what we were talking about before we even started recording, um, your story is fascinating, and we could probably spend three hours just you know yeah. jumping into all the stuff that you've been into. We we went into a bunch of that on the first episode. So if you're just hearing Rob for the first time, go back to, to my first episode and I'll link that in the, in the, uh, what do you call it? The show notes. Um, but just getting into, I mean, I'm struggling with it. I think so many guys are struggling with it is like, we talked about there's a difference between being in, in our head versus embodying change. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I've been in the personal development world, let's say for 13 to 15 years. And yet it's almost like the older I get, the more fucking frustrated I'm getting mm. with myself, which is only making yeah. it perpetually worse is because I'm like, I know this shit, but I'm not embodying it. Yeah. So I, I want to change my identity to make more money and to attract love and to do all the things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I see so much of myself in other men. Let's just start off the conversation around the, the idea of kind of like using me or anyone else, guys who are stuck they know what they want to change. They know what they're doing isn't working. And yet there's maybe it's a, a coping mechanism they use to stay stuck in their, their head, but not like living in their heart and embodying uh, some type of identity shift for the positive. But how, yeah. how do you support <clears throat> individuals in starting to first and foremost, understand how the identity or the self is, is created. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then secondarily, how to, as an adult, like shift out of 
shit from triggering us and, and to yeah. be able to live a more fulfilled and happy life. Yeah, that's for not sure. the biggest question ever. <laughs> no, I think it's good. And there's some really important things there. And first off, let me be critical of the coaching that you and I did first off and just call it out. If what we had done had really helped you embody it as fully as it should, you shouldn't have to go back to recordings, right? Yeah, like, so, perhaps, yeah. so, so, and, and that's not to, to, you know, that's more of a critique of me than it is yeah. of, of you, right? Like yeah. the, the point is, is like, what are we trying to do here? And so as I remember that a lot of our coaching was more about what most coaching is about, right? It's about how do I get past this problem or how do I get past this thing? Mm -hmm. And that's not the same as what, where real change, profound and permanent change comes from. Okay. So what I mean by that is usually we think that we're trying to gain a skill or get a thing or get other people to do certain things or feel certain things or whatever. So we're trying to be safe, control things and feel good. Okay. But most people are not looking back at, I'm the thing that needs to change, right? There's like a self that's online that's not being considered. Right. And we're looking out at the arena that that self is in, and we're trying to change the arena to match the self that is existing. Okay. Does mm -hmm. that make sense so far? Yes. I want to like go slowly yep. with this, right? Yep. So yep. self is in an arena, you know, in, in some way, and most people are critiquing the arena, right? They're coming from a self and it's a, it's, it's a baby step in some ways, but it's, it's the prior to go, Oh wait, I'm the thing that needs to change. Right. Because if, if I'm a self, that's not as functional or in control, or I can't control my impulses or I can't do whatever, even if you put a skill on top of that, I'm still going to procrastinate and self-sabotage and do all the things. Right. So right. it's really about changing me in a meaningful way. So if I, the thing that we do is called identity shifting in a meaningful way. And so what is your identity? Well, your identity is what you think you are right. in any moment. And, and normally we're not even considering that. It's the thing that's on default behind the scenes that's doing the interpreting of the entire arena, okay? So in our work, when I work with a client or I do anything, the first step is to show you that what you think you are is not at all all that you are, right? You are way more than you think you are. And the quickest way to prove that is, there's a part of you that's beating your heart right now. There's a part of you that's blinking when you need to without you even thinking about it. There's all these unconscious processes happening. A lot of times when our emotions come online, it's a completely unconscious to us thing. And, and we actually feel like the victim of our emotions in some ways. It's like, I don't want to feel this way. What's mm -hmm. going on? And then we're trained to sort of make that emotion feel better or go away in some way. We, you know, turn on Netflix or scroll on social or get a drink or do something, right? So mm -hmm. this idea is, first off, you're not what you think you are at all. You're way bigger than that. And what you think you are, should we actually talk you into looking at it? Like if you decide to go to a coach or go to therapy or do anything like that, that first thing that you're saying that you are is really just a narrative, right? It's a, it's a narrative. It's a story of yourself. It's a story of what you've been through, what you think you know. But at level one, I usually use, um, if anybody remembers the show, The Jersey Shore, Okay. Mm -hmm. And whether you've seen it or not, it was people that were, you know, basically kids, teens, maybe they were in their twenties. I don't know, but they were partying really hard. And there's a, a famous, uh, you know, person named Snooki from that show, right? Snooki. Yeah. Remember Snooki, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's imagine if Snooki's at a bar talking to a friend and something bad has gone on 
she is going to be critiquing the environment the whole time, right? There's no self-reflection of how Snooki might be wrong. And again, I don't know Snooki. This isn't fair to say she might be wildly enlightened by now, like whatever, but just <laughs> yeah. we're using it as a, as a fictitious example. Yeah. Level one is we're just critiquing the outside, right? We're not self-reflective at all. That kind of person is not ready for work, personal development of any kind. But look at this little bit of a shift, right? If we go one level up, somebody sitting at a bar with their friend, they're still critiquing the outside, but part of it, they're backing up to a little bit of a higher self to consider themselves and say, I don't know, is it me, right? They now can get a different perspective on not just the arena directly, but they include themselves in the arena, okay? That's self-reflection. That's like the first baby step of that. Somebody like that, anybody listening to a personal development podcast is probably in that space at least a little bit, right? They're mm -hmm. beginning to go, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe the way I'm thinking is it. Maybe I don't know how to manage my emotions. And now you're actually ready for some type of, of work or whatever, okay? Then if you go, okay, what has to become different? When that person is saying what they are, once they're even considering themselves, the very first level of that, they're usually believing what they're saying 100%, okay? So they know what they are. They know what they're good at. They know what that person said and meant. There's an assuredness of meaning, which is also known as belief, right? The belief in what they are is really firm and, and, and hard, okay? But they've at least realized that they are a bit of a narrative, right? There's a story to them and that's what's online. If you go get the best coaching or the best therapy or whatever, part of that is helping you change the narrative, mm -hmm. not only about things that happen to you, like reinterpreting difficult things, what did that mean? What's a better meaning, right? So now we start to realize not only am I a self narration, but that narration is editable in some way, right? Mm -hmm. So now that's great. And even if you just did that in one little space in your life, like say you went through some trauma when you were young, so much of the narration of you is built on that trauma and everything that you've, you know, yeah. you've, you've since seen that everywhere in your life too. So you have all this reinforcement through your whole life of that trauma or that thing that was embarrassing or that deficit that you have. The fact that we can go in and edit that narrative is this incredibly powerful thing. This gets us up higher and higher and higher, being able to really change things more and more permanently about ourselves, right? But doing that with a coach is not the highest either. The next level would be gaining that as a skill yourself that you could use in any moment at any time when things have changed and gotten overwhelming. Instead of being knocked down to the narrative and again, believing kind of what you are in the moment, you always have at the ready this understanding of there's a different way to interpret this, right? There's a more useful way to think about these facts. And so in that same sense, when I said you're not just the narrative that you think you are, you're all these unconscious processes and bigger things than that, Every single little way that your story can unfold for you, every single one of those can be reinterpreted, rethought, seen differently, et cetera. And I don't mean just fictions. I don't mean that we're making it up as we go. There's just more useful ways of understanding what's occurred and what's happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we think we see that about ourselves, but most people don't. And I'll just do like a little aside. My company is called Fundamental Shift. The, there's a, a fundamental shift here that's on the table where we don't identify as self at all. And I can give you examples of regular old everyday people uh, that go through this. Uh, but there is a higher level of consciousness still where the entire structure of self, that entire narration, does, isn't what you identify with. Okay, So Snooki is identifying fully as that narration, and she's not even aware of it. The next mm -hmm. person is identifying 
a little bit as like, okay, I can consider that self online. Then people are learning to edit that narration in some way. But notice they're only editing the parts they're looking at. They're still not seeing the self that they're not seeing that's online. Okay, mm-hmm. behind that. I don't know if yeah. that, that gets a little weird for some people, right? Well, um, let, me, let me interrupt yeah. you. Is it similar mm-hmm. to someone who's um, an addict? Mm-hmm. That first step of going from level one to level two would be the acknowledgement of like, hey, I'm Johnny. I'm an alcoholic. I have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it's starting to do the steps, which would be maybe to level three, correct me if I'm wrong, where you actually start making amends. You start doing the work and, you know, taking pieces of your life and, and trying to, to heal them or trying to yep. correct them. Yep. But watch, yeah. So watch this. So that's actually really, really good. But then is a person who feels like they have recovered from addiction mm-hmm. different than somebody who is continually in recovery in their identity? So somebody who's gone all the way through the steps, but still needs the meetings, mm-hmm. okay? Not to degree, mm-hmm. I mean, this is really important. Don't stop going yeah. to meetings. I'm not yeah. saying that, but there's <laughs> yeah. a way that you can actually be beyond the addiction in a meaningful way. I mean, yeah. I can self-report as somebody yes. who identifies that way. Mm-hmm. Other people are successfully sober, right? So again, for all the people on this call, you don't have to get to level five or whatever. You can live a very successful life at level three. Snooki could live a very successful life at level one or two, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that you have to grow. It's just that if you want to, this is what's on the table for you. And that's okay. different. So yeah. if somebody's doing that work, you made a great point. And I, I'd like to double click on the very first step of that self-realization, which mm-hmm. would be like that person at the bar who's beginning to consider themselves as part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the real work here is work on you. And the reason for that is that you're at the center of everything. You're at the center of every thought you have, every feeling you have, every behavior you do. And so if you want different results, the most powerful thing to change is not something out in the universe. It's to change you. Correct. Consistently and permanently so that you are your word or you show up and you do the thing or you can sit through a hard emotion to get to what's really meaningful about it instead of just avoid and drug it away or TV it away or whatever. Right. Yep. Okay. So that double click is that, and this is the unconscious part for most of us, that addict in the beginning isn't just unaware that they're an addict. They actually think that the drink is the solution. Mm. So the thing that is killing them is what they have mapped in their mind as the solution. Yep. Okay. So the first thing when their life is breaking down to them, they see, well, I just lost my job. I'm about to lose my license. So it'll be even harder to get another job. I've gotten a divorce. I'm about to lose access to seeing my kids. I've got two court cases over here. I've got a DUI over here, whatever. And maybe if they got honest, they'd be like, sure, I'm an alcoholic. But what their actual conscious attention is on is, man, I've got to get to the bar. I don't feel good. I feel horrible. And I don't know how to solve all this, right? So they have a million problems in a million directions, but their core problem is the addiction. Mm -hmm. And it, it often takes for them literally some type of an intervention where people in their life, and and this often doesn't even work, but when it does, they have a realization where they go from the alcohol is the solution and what I need right now to, oh my God, that's my, that's really my only problem. And Mm. if they can address that, honestly, without even trying very hard in any of these other areas, all those other problems start to calm and go away. DUIs vanish. You can actually start to build a relationship with your ex or, you know, whatever's going on. You can be a better parent. You can hold a job now all those things start to fix themselves because they weren't the problem to begin with. The problem Mm -hmm. was this other thing that quite honestly was unconscious to the addict. And Mm -hmm. I would say that our entire culture, we're building addiction type 
responses, right? We have big corporate interests trying to give us the thing that feels good in the moment, the impulse feeder, rather than the longer term delayed gratification solution, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. whether that's pharmaceuticals that are you know, not, not always vaccines. They're instead just masking it. So you need to be on the medication for the rest of your life. Right. All, right. And right. to junk food, to, you know, social media, to all the things. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I guess it's interesting where, where would someone be uh, in those five levels, four or five levels that you're mentioning? Um, Cause I've met guys who are say, yeah, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic or I'm sober mm-hmm. or, and they identify with like that that part of their lives. And then I've met other guys who are like, I'm, I'm so much, I'm so much beyond being an alcoholic that I don't even want to, you know, connect myself with that. And I've met vets who are like, you know, 1934, you know, like, look at my hat. And then other guys who are like, I'm so much more than just a vet. You know, yes, I served, but I'm like, it's such just interesting to see how people identify Mm -hmm. and create self through different things that they've been through. Um, And not to make it good or bad, but and I guess that's just, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm asking, but some people seem to just are able to completely let go of, let's say an addiction or mm-hmm. having been a, a veteran, even though, or they don't identify it as their main thing as, mm-hmm. of, as who they are, uh, where other people do, do you feel like that's, is that part of the evolution? Is that just free choice? It's absolutely is healthy. Is it not? It's like, absolutely part of that evolution. And mm-hmm. we're not going to make any of these levels wrong, right? Like right. I don't, That's I don't want to, sure I don't, don't. want to, I don't want to make Snooky wrong because yeah. we, we are whatever we are in the moment. Like that's mm-hmm. what's actually happening. What I'm interested in is if somebody feels stuck in whatever way, what is the path of growth that is the most uh, beneficial thing that affects how you think, how you feel, how you behave? But then because of all of that, you're different, and now you can get very different results in the world. Right now you can do these much bigger things. And a a lot of this is like, how is our ego? um, You know, it might be interesting to go through like based on maybe Freud's original stuff of like these three parts of the mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which has been remapped. And actually I was recently sort of written up in psychology today because I've added a fourth dimension to this. And so I I recently found out somebody uh, added awareness in the way that I talk about it to this model, which is really Neat. So can I take you through that please, really quick? Um, absolutely. I was going to say, please yeah. do. So Freud used to talk about id, ego, and superego in meaningful mm-hmm. ways. And I have all kinds of illustrations for clients where I take people through looking at these different parts of the brain. Um, let's rewrite those now to what they're normally called in today, psychologically. Um, that bottom one, they often call it self. But what I really think is a better word for that is sensation or impulse. Okay. So yeah. id is more like what animals, we can tell animals have, it's that sort of automatic unconscious process. And some of those pains and impulses become conscious to us, but that might be the part of the brain that's running your heart, doing all these Mm. like survival stuff and fight or flight. Yeah, certainly the unconscious, but also fight or flight that becomes conscious to us as Mm. well. So, Mm. so that is serving up physiological pains and things like that. Right. So if you talk to somebody who is having a tough day, part of that might be a social thing, but part of that might be back pain and a headache. And then part of that might be that they're hungry in this moment. They're also tired, right? So that tired hunger physicality part is very much dealing with that 
um, that sensory sort of more unconscious or basal type brain. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then as we were talking before we even started recording, when you're a baby, we think that a lot of parents will look at their kids and they're all trying to eat everything. And then as they become a little kid, they're, they seem very selfish and all that stuff, but they don't even really have an ego online first, necessarily. The first thing that comes online is parents face and yeah. parents happiness and sadness and all that. So the superego that Freud used to talk about, we actually now would call persona. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's a persona part of your mind that is on two sides. It's how you want to be seen, right? So you're doing a lot of work to show certain things to mm -hmm. business partners or the public on social media or a mate yep. or whatever. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and if that gets too far devoid from what's real about you, you start to have all types of internal conflict about how fake you feel, et cetera. Um, but this also puts up, it's a way, it, it doesn't have to be lying, but in a way it's lying to other people, like, mm. or at least shielding certain things. Okay. In between these two things, these impulses or uh, sensory, you know, body type stuff, the persona, which is like the social type stuff. There's an ego in the middle, which is still considered to be the ego, um, mm. which is really that private part of you. Okay. And so if you didn't have a persona and somebody just had full access to your ego, in theory, it would be like they could read your whole diary about everything. Mm -hmm. It would be like every little impulsive thought you have. Okay. Mm -hmm. So impulses are how's your body handling itself? Are you healthy? Are you craving? Are you tired? Are you whatever? Persona is all these social issues that you have that are going on, et cetera. And then mm -hmm. ego is this narrator inside that isn't there for kids right away. We develop that as we grow in consciousness a little bit, like that's a growth in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we're talking about a snooky type person, right, who's there, there's a lot of ego and a ton of persona. And any little impulse is almost like an affront to that, right? Like they're supposed to feel good all the time and they're supposed to be loved in their persona. And the narration of their ego is almost fully unconscious to that. It's just kind of running in the background, et cetera. Okay. Mm. Yep. So each of these has impulses and we can be suffering in different ways from each of these. And when we're deeply dysfunctional, a lot of these might be throwing things at us, which is why dysfunction can feel so confusing. It's like, yeah. I don't even know what to do. Like yeah. I'm exhausted and I'm worried about what they're going to think. And I, I don't trust myself because I know I've kind of lied about this thing or I've misrepresented. Totally. And what if they find that out and all this kind of stuff, I could double click on any of these and go very deep. Right. So we have some people who end up codependent. Well, that would be, they don't even really, they're not deeply in touch with their sense of self. They're way more concerned with their persona, right? Mm -hmm. They valued persona and managing other people's, you know, opinion of them over what they truly are. Okay. Then yep. you have maybe on the other side of that, like a narcissist who has no care for persona, doesn't care what you think about them at all and bases everything much more on impulse and what's going to make them feel good in the immediate, et cetera. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then we think about like, well, what are emotions? Emotions are some combination of sensory feeling in your body, along with the meaning that you're making about it in your mind. Okay. Yep. Which is an ego persona kind of combo. So one of the things, and I know you like Tony and uh, Tony Robbins oh, and all that totally. stuff, a, a big thing that he does, which I don't know if he says it this way, but whatever emotion is coming up for you, whether that's sadness or anger or whatever, that combination of meaning and sensation is what is making that emotion. The emotion is kind of the combination of those two things. If you change either side of that, the emotion doesn't show up in the same way. So mm -hmm. Tony's big on state change 
change your body, go for a run, change your body, do this. You can't feel depressed if you're smiling, all that stuff. That's changing sensory, physical type things, right? And then there's the other side of that. Can you reinterpret what is happening? Okay, so someone broke up with you. Reframe it, yeah. Is there a reframe? Is there a new way to interpret that, et cetera? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of mastery and like literally managing emotions and doing things. Part of what the military teaches is going through this suck and enduring it, number one, to show you that you can, but also reframing what that's meaning. You know, is that valuable? Is that an honorable thing? Is that, you know, are you doing something that's so the story of why this suck is happening doesn't cause depression in the same way, or we hope it doesn't, you know, obviously it does sometimes, but you know, somebody who's effectively can do all these really difficult things physically and not get sad about them. If they were to happen to an office worker, you know, like that kind of back pain and that kind of sitting out in the cold and walking, it would be like, it was the worst day of my life. I couldn't believe it. Right. And that a lot of that has to do with the narration and the story about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the development of like, how much agency do we have over these different parts of the mind that are all kind of blending together. And what most of us think of as, well, that's just me, you know, like this is, this is who I am. None of, none of that is online usually to be reinterpreted, rewritten, et cetera. And again, Mm -hmm. that, that ego self is if we get up into those middle levels of self, who's like aware of themselves and they're looking at it, that's where this narration becomes that long story of yourself and the way that you use memory about self. That's the part that becomes so loud. And at the beginning of having that ego, that's a very trusted, like you think it's just right. You know, you think Mm -hmm. it's, I am what I am. This is what I'm good at. That's what that thing meant. We're very stuck in that, Mm -hmm. but we can grow. And so that model that used to be id, ego, and superego has become ego, you know, self persona. And so that's ESP. And then the article that I was mentioning before is adding this dash A which is if we were to add, if you put those three bubbles on a, on a picture of a mind, I'm adding this awareness behind that so that you can now be aware of persona, be aware of ego and be aware of impulse in such a way that now you have this editing power and this freedom from it so that it's not occurring to you as you, it's occurring to you as something that is, uh, you know, in the arena of, of your awareness rather than what you are. Mm-hmm. So is it, it does make sense. And Mm. it does, is it the ego that really sometimes works against our Mm. desire for change? Cause it kind of feels like, I mean, is that, is that it? Or is it more the subconscious, the id, or I forget what you, so all of them, first off, they're all a part of your mind and they're all potentially a problem. And let's just go through how they could each be a problem. So if you are, let's say you become masterful at changing the meaning of something. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you, you learn how to reframe, you learn, I call them lenses. You can start to see your own lenses and change them, but let's say that you haven't changed. uh, Let's skip to what humans can do. That is really interesting. Humans can sit in a white room with no impulse at all. And literally through mentation, turn themselves into an anxious, overwhelmed mess, right? Nothing Mm -hmm. happening to them, but through their own imagination, they could Mm. Right. breakdown of anxiety or whatever, right? Or anger, yeah. they, they could just get lost. So there's not a direct correlation. So if I taught you to meditate really well, you can find these gaps of what we might call no thought. There's just sensation there, right? There's no mentation happening on top, mm-hmm. but then eventually mentation comes up. Okay. 
I, yeah. I don't care who you are. Your brain yeah. does mentating, right? That's what yeah. happens. Yeah. So where's that mentation coming from if there's no impulse? Okay. If somebody comes in the room, your mind having that stimulus and having some response to that, that makes sense. That caused the mentation. But if you're in a white room and nothing's happening, that's coming from your unconscious mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even if you're this master changer of meaning at like, I, I teach you, okay, when you feel this way, here's the skill, go do this. And you're consciously perfect at that, whatever that means, but you haven't changed your unconscious history of relating to that. Then even if you're great at it, you're still going to be fed up these old impulses from your unconscious that are a problem. So that's mm -hmm. one example of how the unconscious can just keep messing with us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Persona, that external thing, if you don't see what's going on in your persona, you might be overvaluing it unconscious to yourself as well. It's not that that's the only unconscious. That's why I sort of went away from saying that before. We're unconscious to all of this most of the yes. time. Okay. Most that of the sense. time, this is all downstream from what we're actually attending to. We're usually mm -hmm. looking at the arena, just like mm -hmm. Snooky. actually. No matter how awake you are, your normal every day is just looking at the arena, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're mostly doing, okay? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if persona is too valued, everything you could be doing could be to get a different response or be more famous or be more loved or whatever, you know, insert right. your right. need there. Right. And then the last one, would be ego. And, you know, by the way, each of these have dozens or hundreds of ways they can be a problem to us. But ego is, in one way, it could be uh, the self-hatred. I don't like myself. I'm not honest. I, you know, I don't like this. A lot of the personal shame things. I'm, I'm kind of a liar in what I'm representing to the world. Um, yep. I'll never be good at this, right? Those internal stories or that narration uh, that could be a problem as well uh, that's going on. And right. all of this, those impulses from the unconscious and the sensory, the ego and the persona are what create the desires of what we think we need to do to make it better, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So notice all of that could be badly miswired and messed up, right, let's right, say. Right. And then we think that all I need <clears throat> is the successful business. That's what's going to solve the problem. <laughs> right, but, the, right. but the thing that is desiring that is the thing that is miswired and broken. Mm -hmm. So even if it got the business, that's not going to fix the problem because that never was the problem to begin with. Correct. In some sense, right? Correct. Correct. So that's why we have to get that wiring as optimal and become as uh, self-aware of how we're identifying moment by moment and gain the tools to really change that, not only moment by moment consciously, but to your point, change the gravity of the unconscious occurring to us so that if we were in a white room and the impulses that come up, why wouldn't we code that so that really positive things come up, you know, I'm yeah, really grateful yeah. for this. I really love this. I, whatever. Right. Yeah. So yeah. those impulses aren't, you're horrible. You'll never succeed. Nobody loves you, but instead they're, I love my breath. This is amazing. I can't wait to do whatever. And it's creative and beautiful, you know? Yep. I, I, it's makes me think coming back around full circle to what you were saying about, um, there being two sides to emotions, right? Yeah. The, the sensation, yeah. body sensation mm -hmm. and, the, and the attachment to the meaning. Um, I think for me and probably plenty of other guys, just having that realization, I think is big because yeah. like you said, it oftentimes feels like emotions are happening to us yeah. versus, versus us choosing it. Um, but I would say that the latter, well, the other half of the, yes, the meaning I'm associated to that thing that pisses me off. Like you said, someone flying down the highway, you know, yeah. uh, you're like, what a fucking asshole. He's driving erratic. And then you mm -hmm. actually find out that he's on his way to, you know, go to the hospital to, you know, have his wife 
have yep. a baby or something like that and changes yeah, yeah. your your meaning associated. But I I don't think uh, a ton of guys just talking to guys is, is kind of what we're focusing on is are aware of the even the body sensations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. Because I think of like, oh, if I'm feeling sad, I just I'm just sad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I don't know which they like. I guess they kind of play. They're all interwoven together, right? But how do you start to um, unravel the the reframe of a body sensation. You get the body sensation, but it doesn't mean you have to attach it to that meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the so the question is ultimately just with everything that you said, stepping back to the very rudimentary thing of like something triggers me, mm-hmm. and you've got all these wirings and all these different parts mm-hmm. of the the ego and everything else. How do you begin to to ultimately take a step back? And rather just reacting just as a man to say, okay, I feel this in my body, which would be new for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. How do I, again, to how I start to detach or, or do we detach it? Um, so that we just start attaching a different meaning to something that we typically fly off the handle on, you know, yeah. whether it be with yeah. our spouse or our kids or work or whatever. Totally. So it's a phenomenal question. And I want to point out that even setting the context of as a man yeah. puts in the background something that you already are. Yeah. Okay. So that's, you're not even putting on the table, right? You're, you're already going and, and just look at what that does. Like if I say mm-hmm. as a man, what does that change about how I'm interpreting everything that's going on? Okay. So mm-hmm. what might be before that? Okay. When I work with people, the very beginning of that is showing them how deeply important their attention is. Mm-hmm. And what their attention, their attention then does as they are adding this meaning and this layering on top of it. Okay. So back to identity shifting, I was trying to describe these different levels of how the self can start occurring to us mm-hmm. and how either, either it's very much in the background, like we don't see it at all. Right. When somebody's doing that, they don't know they're doing that, right? They're right. quite right. sure that they're right. They're quite sure this is exactly how it's supposed to be. There doesn't seem to be any agency to get past that. One level up, you start to realize, oh, I behave like that sometimes, but that's not as agentic as up here where I can see some of my impulses and some of these things. And I get this freedom. There's a gap between impulse and response. Okay. So if let's say the impulse is a bad feeling or a craving, if it's food or drug or alcohol, whatever, right, whatever that impulse is. If I immediately respond, which is what most of us do all the time, like as soon as I'm slightly bored, if I pick out my phone and I just start scrolling, I don't even see, I'm unconscious to the fact that I just had an impulse and a response. And if you notice that we're getting closer and closer and closer to just being robots, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're, not, we're not actually in control. There's no agency there. There's impulse yeah. and response just really quick. So I think it's Viktor Frankl who said, the gap between impulse and response is where like real freedom and real mastery is. And that's mm. not an exact quote at all, but it's, it's right. he's talking moment. about, he's talking about this thing where we feel these bad feelings, these bad feelings happen to us and are, we're, we're coded both by uh, nurture, you know, how nature comes up with, you know, parents tell their kids, don't get angry like that and be like this and be different than you're feeling. Like there's not an honoring of anger when it comes up to let us feel it and navigate it and do it. And so we're, coded and this is important for evolution too we're coded that if we're scared run don't think about it just run okay Mm -hmm. but in today's world that quickness leaves us 
like cavemen instead of like conscious, aware, powerful human beings. Okay. So the people that can build this ability to have an impulse and not react from it. Okay. Actually be with it. This does a ton of things. Number one, it gives you the agency to choose how to respond instead mm -hmm. of unconsciously just responding. It's mm -hmm. that space of attention on the sensation rather than all the meanings that come up and everything else. It's like, oh, this hurts emotionally or whatever. Again, your emotion is meaning and the sensation. So go right to the sensation. What does the sadness feel like in your body? See if you can stop your mind from doing all the story and she was mean and this happened and bop, 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 bop. But just like, oh, I feel heat here and I feel tension and I feel whatever. Mm -hmm. And now I don't have to like yell at her or run away or do anything. I could just be with that. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Obviously a skill that helps us develop this is meditation or sitting down and trying to be mindful because each thought that comes up when you're meditating is an impulse. And the normal thing is to follow that impulse to think, 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 and take it. And what should I do with that? And et cetera. But what you're doing when you meditate is to have that impulse and go, no, no, I'm going to actually be with the sensation instead of the mentation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this ability to leave the mentation aside and not follow it and listen and behave because of it takes us out of this automatic, you know, unfree soul, if you will, and gives us this freedom. What we'll also notice is that in that gap, if we can actually sit in whatever that pain is a little bit longer, that's where we actually can connect with what we deeply value longer term. Okay. Mm -hmm. Doing anything meaningful has its hard moments. If we're constantly impulse and I have to feel better, I don't like this feeling. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to fix this feeling in the moment. We have all these great tools to fix it in the moment, but none of those actually let us sit to do the hard thing that we need to do. Those are all avoidance techniques, yep. right? If I have yep. a craving and I eat the sugar, it's an avoidance technique <clears throat> of feeling that pain of what that craving was bringing up. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if I can sit in that craving, I get the space to go, I know I want this, but what I really value here is a six pack and health and living longer and having mobility and not having inflammation in my body, whatever. And now I've built this gap where I can choose how much am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? What am I going to do? I'm not just mindlessly at the fridge and then feeling guilty about it again. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and, and not to just, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but like the, the, the immediate gratification that we're all living in almost never leads to meaningful things, right? It's so good at making us feel better right in the moment, but we almost always feel worse after. Think about anything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, porn, uh, you know, sugar, all the hyper stimulus that society is like throwing in our face, social media, all the hot girls here doesn't mm -hmm. help us love the, the regular real person that we're actually with that we love, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We're over here looking at you know, things that have been altered and have filters on them and whatever. Okay. Yep, so all yep. this immediate gratification, anything meaningful, building a big business, six pack abs, um, you know, being your word when it's difficult, being, having honor and dignity and whatever that is, all of that is about delaying gratification, right? In the moment, letting that person talk badly about you and not responding. Maybe you'll even be embarrassed and your persona takes a hit in the moment, but you're willing to do that because longer term, you know that there's something more honorable to do over here. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So this is what we actually want the skill to be able to do, but moment by moment, it doesn't necessarily feel good. Okay. Right. If we're lost in the meanings that come up, the impulsive meanings and thinking that comes up, we're going to constantly be moved to what's the quickest thing to not feel this way. Right. If I go right. to a networking event and I feel embarrassed because I think they're laughing at me, I walk right away. But if I can just sit in that and be there, 
number one, even if they are laughing at me, I look like a confident guy, right? Yeah. That's how I'm perceived. And then I might actually go, no, I really value meeting people. Let me go see what they're really talking about and what's going on. And then I go introduce and I find out it wasn't about me at all. And that was just an mm -hmm. impulse. That was just a fear that came up, right? Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. endless examples of building that gap. I start off with people realizing where is your attention? Your attention is a place. And with your attention, are you lost in a meaning or a thought about something? Or are you present in the moment with the sensations that are going on? There's two mm -hmm. distinctions. We can either be in thought and meaning, or we can be in reality and embodied sensation. Gaining mastery over that attentional move is that A, that extra A that I was adding behind yep. ego yep. and persona and all that. Yep. Yep. That gives us this superpower to build that gap space really meaningfully. But in a deeper sense of identity, I don't have to identify Okay, because watch what my identity does if they're laughing at me. All of a sudden, in my own mind, moment by moment, I become a loser, right? Yeah, right, right. Okay, that's my literal identity in that moment. And I just want to fix being a loser because I don't want to be a, a loser. So I try to fix my own narrative of like, well, what do I do? I just walk away or I never see mm -hmm. them again or I go mm -hmm. get popular somewhere else or I get all these strategies trying to fix this story of myself rather than having my identity be much closer to what my attention is and go, I'm seeing the character that I am have this impulse, but I don't have to run from that because I'm just awareness itself, mm -hmm. right? This would mm -hmm. be the highest level beyond narration and even editing narration. This is, now I'm not even identifying as a self with my grounding. I'm identifying beyond self in a meaningful way, okay? Mm -hmm. Self mm -hmm. being not, not the edge of my body, but the psychological structure of me that I'm right. doing, okay? Right. And, right. and this is on many psychological models. This is what people put the Buddha and Jesus and, and those kinds of people, right? right? And just a meaningful side note on that, for the people that do identify up there, what ends up happening is it's not about them anymore. So what can really come is real service and purpose to the world, right? You notice these people generally have like Martin Luther King and Gandhi, they have huge purposes that are really mm -hmm. meaningful. Any of those lower levels, even if you're pretty agentic and an awesome self, self is still your main uh, concern. It's still your main narrative. Okay. Like mm -hmm. you matter the most, you're still the center of your universe. If you're identified as a self at any level. And so mm -hmm. even if you're pretending to have a purpose, if you really get honest, it's usually because that'll be a great narration for the company and will lead to more profit or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's not an authentic purpose in the same way as when we can identify up here in these higher levels. And so I know I've said a lot, but I just want to say one more thing about that before I forget. There's two ways that identity shifting is happening in the way that I'm talking about it. It's happening to you moment by moment, okay? In this moment, you're worried about this. In this moment, you're worried about that. You're shifting around many times a day all the time. Yep. Every time you check in, it's that narration of you that comes back and tells you, oh, you've never changed. This is who you are. These are the mm -hmm. qualities. And maybe you have a story of how you've grown or changed or whatever, but that's that comes right back online. When your attention is actually eating food or really lost in a movie, there's no self online. And so those would be moments where there's truly no self, right? You're right. just, you're not identified as a self in the moment. So gaining the skill to be able to consciously move that around as different things happen to us, that's incredibly powerful. But then the automatic identification of where is your gravity moving that up the chain also. So that would be mm -hmm. changing the unconscious version of you. That's mm -hmm. just occurring to you without you trying at all. You know, that's amazing. Yep. So yep. first step is gaining some conscious mastery of that, like learning these tools and doing some conscious mastery. 
next level is changing your unconscious identification of self. Yeah, I think that's that's mind blowing, and, and it makes me think. Okay, how taking that and and making it uh, applicable tangibly to any of our everyday lives, right? And 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 I'd love some your feedback on this. See if this is kind of what you were saying there too. Like the last couple of weeks, uh, I've just gotten out of the habit of meditating yep. and realizing I really just need to uh, have you know cultivate more of that mindfulness practice. Mm -hmm. So I'm in this uh, group accountability, men's group accountability. Um, and one of the dudes is like, cool, I'll hold you accountable to just check in with me every single day, do one minute at the very least of meditating. Yep. Yep. I'm like, cool, I'll do that. And then it just became more of like, okay, this is good, but I'm, I'm just checking off boxes. Yep. What I realized, what I really, and this happened last night, even a conversation I had with him was like, he said, do you want to do another week of just accountability with meditation? It's like, no, man, it's like, I'm not embodying again. I'm just checking it off. Like it's another mm -hmm. to-do list. Yeah. What I'd like to do, uh, and this is what I want your input on and see if this is kind of getting to that awareness piece or that kind of like stopping, uh, like challenging myself with just that, that gap in between, you know, uh, what, what you were saying. Uh, stimulus and, and response. I decided that something that I've really struggled with, and I talk about a ton on this podcast, is that I struggle with feeling like I'm constantly a disappointment. Yeah. So that uh, that narration just runs through my head, and it yeah. and it shuts me down day after day after day. So the thought was rather than doing meditation every single day, I'm going to check in at least uh, once a day for this next week of catching myself when I start to feel that in my body, like motherfucker, like I, I do this every single, you know, just that starting that and be like, mm -hmm. no, and kind of let that, see if I can let that disappointment kind of wash past me mm -hmm. and then give myself the grace again to be like, it's okay. Cause I just yeah. know it's a pattern. I can see it's a yeah. pattern, but I can't fucking change it, which just makes me even more frustrated. Yep. Is that part of the, the applicable or the application on a, moment to moment basis that you think is healthy or is there something else that you would recommend I do to make that even maybe more effective? Yeah. So, oh man. Um, so that's great. Like what you just saw for yourself is great. The honesty about the check in the boxes and not embodying it. And that other idea of, I think this is at the core thing. Yeah. First off, like on a level of self, we have to get the narration of yourself to that disappointment thing that needs to become silly to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we talk in, you and I've talked in the past about lenses and things like yeah. that, right. That is a deep lens. Yep. And what I mean by lens is it's altering how you see and it's invisible to you, right? Like totally. it's not, so it comes online that needs to be smashed, you know, replaced, like taken away, whatever, because that is no longer serving you. It just doesn't serve you. It's just not right. useful. Right. So a realization in that, in, you know, there's tools we can do that, that help with that. But when you shift that, literally that doesn't or can't come online in the same way. And should it, it immediately seems funny to you. Like if an impulse mm -hmm. even brings it back, it's like funny. Like you go and you're around a parent or whatever, mm -hmm. and you hear a thing and it triggers it back and you go, that's funny. Look at that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that would do wild changes for you in the self narration level of it. Okay. Yes, but I, yes. what I want to point out for you and your listeners and everything is that there's a much bigger game than that going on that's going to probably frustrate you. And this is maybe where people will just not know what I'm talking about or whatever. But if you can hang in here, there's something that is really what I'm trying to change about how consciousness occurs to us, right? I'm really yes. trying to dig at this thing. The self that you think you are is the structure that is in time, okay? Your, your time, quite literally, 
And I don't mean causation or change external, and we could have bigger talks about that as well. But psychological time puts everything in this, in this thing of like, I'm not there yet. Okay. Right. So right. The, the self-structure is to survive. Like the reason we could, we could say the reason that it evolved, that animals don't have it in the same way we do. The reason we're dominating on the planet is because of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. This ability to be selfish, but it works with others because if we're selfish together, we can gain. And there's all these different things, but the structure the literally the mentation. And I talk about this as the self world structure that comes online that none of us are seeing until we can escape it and see it. Like it's a thing we can actually begin to see about ourselves and, and get free from. When that's online, everything feels like it's going to take time to accomplish something. Mm -hmm. Like, and so you're going, this isn't right. I guess I have to meditate, right? If I meditate one day, I'll get there. I'll get to where I'm supposed to be feeling. And then you're like, wait, it's not meditation. There's this other lens. And so I have to check in in this way because eventually then I'll get there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here's the point. There is no there. Mm -hmm. There's never been a there. There's only here. Okay. Right. So what you need to actually manage is realizing that it is functional as a self and with other selves to talk about time and commit to things and behave over time. Absolutely. But in how you are occurring to yourself, your freedom is in any moment, dropping that structure of self and coming back deeply into this moment and literally just loving this moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so a bigger thing that's on the table here is that when you can drop self and time really through your attention with being with sensation, any sensation that you're having, whether it be physical pain, whether it be sadness or happiness or whatever, for them to be those things, I have to be a self judging those things. Right. And a big part of self, not only with past and future and time and all that, the whole other thing is, is it good or bad? right? Is what's mm -hmm. happening good or bad? Should I go toward it or away from it? Like mm -hmm. that's the thing. So mm -hmm. the self-structure that we have online is trying to persist over time. So it makes up time. It believes in time. It cares about time. And the mm -hmm. way it's judging how well it's doing is good or bad. A ton of impulses, good or bad in persona, good or bad in ego, right? We're trying to do all these things and we're running, running, running on a treadmill of time trying mm -hmm. to get to this right future place, but there is no such place. You never get there. Right. Yes, you might build the business you wanted to build, but you're still going to be there with all the critiques about everything. And it's mm -hmm. still not good enough. And I'm not there yet. And, and we go, why doesn't this work? Because there's nowhere to get to. You have to fall in love with here, mm. right? If you've actually changed, that will be realized now here. The part of you that feels like you're not there yet is the part that you need to disidentify from yep. and not give value to. Right. So, so look, when you say, I need this, I need that, there's a you there that's believing that. And that's the narration that's not true. I really want to double click on that. So I'm going to say it again. The you that is sure you know what you need, and this is the problem and all that stuff. That is you believing that narration without considering it. Mm -hmm. And it's wrong. You don't need that. Mm -hmm. That's not the thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. What you actually need is an ability to really be here with this. So when I said all these things that come up that might feel sad or whatever, you take away the meaning of those and actually just experiencing them. Okay. The taste of a strawberry is a real thing prior to you saying it's good or bad or sour or sweet or any of those description qualities. Okay. So a guy like Teet Nhat Hanh talks about eating just one little wedge of an orange for a half an hour, letting each nodule open. Okay. How do most of us eat an orange? 
we gobble it up and we go, that was amazing. I need 15 more of these. How do I get all the oranges? Right. It's like, it's, it's all about how do I get it and protect? Cause I got to get there, but we missed the orange. Like we didn't mm. even actually really taste it. We only had a hint of it before self and thought came back online. Right. Okay. Right. So there is a place where any sensation at all can be deeply beautiful and valuable to you. Okay. Sadness can be the richest, most beautiful experience you've ever had. If you can be with it and, and sit in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Self-reflection about, you know, there, there's a version of you and we could just talk about all the ways to be creative in the mentation about this, but all of this is pointing back to you being directly with experience and having that turn into like a wonderland because what I'm still really shocked in is how are we not all like looking around going like the fact that anything at all is happening is amazing. Like this is <laughs> yeah. incredible. Yeah, right. But instead we take all of this amazing, don't notice it at all. And we see what's not here. Right. right? So whenever right. we're critiquing, we're, we're noticing our own mentation about what's missing. Mm -hmm. We're not at all looking at what is here. Mm -hmm. And there's a way to shift to value what is here, what we do have, what's amazing self hears that and goes, yeah, 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 but how would I survive? I guess I'll just go sit on a stump and die or whatever. No, 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 no. Like, that's not it. We want this skill. And then we want to use self well within time to accomplish and do all the things that we want. We need both. It's not just go meditate in a corner for the rest of your life till you're dead. Right. Okay. Right. It's how do you have both of those? How do right. you have a capable, awesome self that's great in time and doing all that? But how do you also have that escape shoot and the wisdom to know when you're feeling that badness, that's you lying to you about what you need and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I promise you, you're enough. And if you're a disappointment, it's to somebody else's fiction about what you're supposed to be or whatever. Like who get, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But if you think you're a disappointment that like, stop that immediately, please don't right. do that. Like, why would right. you ever do that? That makes right. no sense at all. Right. Instead, be present and go do things that you're interested in. You want to do and do them as well as you want to do them like that. It just, why would you even make that your mentation? Does that make sense? Totally. Yep. Okay. It makes, and, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. Yeah. Go I was ahead. just going to say, it makes me think of so many times I've heard um, people say that like, well, if I give up this, um, you know, the stick, if you will, yeah. metaphorically speaking of yeah. whipping myself or being hard on myself yeah. and I were to just be in this moment and be content with what I have. I, th I think they think that they're just going to be sitting, like you said, on a stump meditating the rest of life yeah. and there'd be no pursuit of anything. They yes. think that the whipping is the only way to motivate them forward. I'm like, right. well, because I'm working through this myself, mm -hmm. you know, it, but it kind of does, doesn't that relate to what you were just saying? hundred percent. Oh, th yeah, yeah. that is a huge motivation, but that is the self that they're not seeing saying that right. to them, right? right? That right. whole inner narrative, that whole voice that you're having, by the way, I mean, I could just mess people's brains up with like, who's talking to who? Yeah. Like when you're in there talking, who's talking? Like, who are you yeah. talking to? I'm talking yeah. to me. Well, wh who's talking that? Which one, which one are you on oh, both? Like what, yeah. you know, and by the way, what's the difference between I and me? Okay. Mm -hmm. I is often the subject. Me is the object, right? You hurt me. Like I, I, I look at myself as an object and then, mm -hmm. but there's the interior of that, which is usually the I and the subject, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. gets very confusing, but we just skip right past that and don't totally. see how crazy that is because in any moment the way that we're making the meaning is what gives us the ground of the inside of me and what's not me okay yeah. and yeah. that's how i'm identifying in the moment so uh, let me can i walk you through that too because i've, I've talked about some ways that it's weird please our identity is shifting around so often and we we don't see this and so i'm going to take it from 
you know, I, I often say to clients like, well, do you think you're your body? Okay. And yeah. it's like, yes, I'm my body. All right. So we're going to go down into what identity can be. And then we'll go out into how it can be bigger than us. All right. But we'll start, we'll go, I am this body. That's the end of me. Okay. And I'm this. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So somebody hits your arm, makes perfect sense to say, you could sue them and say, he hit me. Like that makes perfect sense. But later that pain in my arm could be a problem to me. Okay. Let's say I want to go play pool or something. I used to identify with the arm pain as me, but now it is a problem for me. It's not quite the same. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, I could lose my arm and I wouldn't lose me. So my arm isn't me. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a part of me in some way. Okay. Mm -hmm, but I could mm -hmm. lose both arms and still be me. Right. Mm -hmm, I just mm -hmm. am an armless me now. All right? right. So then we go, okay, well, maybe I'm not that. And when we say, okay, my pain in my hand is over there. And most of us can go, yeah, I guess I have a sense like behind my eyes or in my brain or something. And I'm sort of looking out and I see my hand over there but I have agency over it. So it feels like it's me, but also it might be against me in some sense. So maybe it's not me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm my mind, right? And I go, okay, then you're your mind, but we've already established you have your conscious mind and you have your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> stop your heart beating right now. Like if you're your mind, well then use your mind to stop your heart for a second and then start it back up again or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can't, right? Mm -hmm. So there's huge processes of your mind that are deeply unconscious to you, not mm -hmm. only physicality and heat management and blinking and sweating and all the different things that your body's doing for you that are mm -hmm. not you. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they're happening for you in many ways, but also all the repressed stuff that Jung and Freud would talk about and old memories you've repressed and you're not identifying with, which we end up projecting onto others. And it's our anger, but we think they're mad and it's a mess. Right. Okay. Yes, yes, so yes. maybe I'm, maybe I'm my <laughs> conscious mind. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then I can have these experiences where myself isn't online at all. And quite literally, I could be non-dual in a moment. And there is just experience and there's no self at all. So I'm all the way down to no self at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, which one is it? Well, it can be any of those. Like you can identify as your body or you can identify as not anything or it and everything in between. Okay. Right. Well, let's, let's go out. Can we go out the other way? If I go, okay, yeah. how about I'm driving in my car? Somebody hits my car, but it doesn't hurt me at all. It just dents my fender or something. We're on the highway. We pull over and I'm like, how dare you hit me? Okay. Like you mm -hmm. hit me, dude, you hit me. What are you doing? But they didn't hit you. They hit your car, but because mm -hmm. you're driving it, it feels like it's an extension of you. It's a tool you're using or whatever. So it's you, but in the same way that your arm can be a problem to you later, your car being broken down or whatever is a problem to you, right? For it's you. no longer yeah. you in that moment. It's an object you have. How about if you're walking your family through the streets of Philadelphia, you expand your agency out to protecting the whole family. And in fact, just like you would want to have control over your arm, you wish you had control of your kid so that it wouldn't run in the street and do all these different things, right? Mm -hmm. And if somebody were to punch your daughter, it would be like they punched you in a sense, right? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. brothers growing up, someone at school punches, the brother comes in, it's like, you can't hit me. So there's an us there that develops that very much has an identity that our identity can span out to. And that goes all the way up to 18-year-old kids that go to war and give up their own life for their nation. Why? Because I am an American, right? Mm -hmm. The identity can expand all the way up there. And then we can even go all the way out to con cosmic consciousness. I am everything, right? There's mm -hmm. that thing too, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is kind of the reverse. If we make it a circle to I am nothing, right? Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. I am nothing is I'm not identifying with any self. The I am everything is also I'm not identifying to every with any self, right? It's right. very interesting. Okay. Right, right.
So moment by moment, your identity is shifting around in that way. And part of the persona ego play is justifying how you were identifying in a moment. Okay. So say you're with your partner and you're walking a little kid in the street and you bark at your son, right? You're trying to control it. It's done out of love, but it was anger was showing in the moment. It was control. You're trying to control what is us slash me, right? Like what I value and care about. Later, the wife, before it even happens, but the wife might, you might just be wondering, like, how will I justify that? And so in your mind for like an hour, you're working on, well, I was just worried about the kids and da-da-da. That's the only reason I raised my voice and da 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 Hmm. Like we have this justification thing going on where we're getting our story right. By the way, we're missing every real moment of what being conscious and alive is. Totally, totally. We're lost in thought. We're Mm -hmm. lost in how do I identify? How do I justify? Where am I? What really matters? A big part of this is also known as relevance realization. Okay, so the job of our mentation to survive, quite literally, the job of the self is to be deciding moment by moment what's relevant. In this scan of complexity, what am I focusing in on as relevant? Okay, Mm -hmm. and this is why certain things pop up as salient to us. And this is why other things don't. You can be in a room and not noticing anything, but then you hear your own name in the noise and it makes it relevant, right? You pop over. So there's a relevance realization, which is shifting how I have to identify with whatever I am finding relevant, which is based on all my goals, all my history, all my narration, and all my strategies to manage persona and impulse and ego, et cetera, so that I can be happy and eventually get there to this fake place that doesn't exist, right? Right, right. And we're running, 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 and then we die one day and we never got anywhere because we never actually got here, which is the real place that we want to actually, like if you really have changed meaningfully, then you love here. Mm-hmm. You still have goals on top of that. You still have the opinions and you can still judge and you can do this, but your attachment to them and the meaning that you make about who you are is wildly different than somebody who's lost in self and is just trying, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. I got to go, got to go, got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then in the persona, we're trying to show everybody how I'm already here, man. It's already good, whatever. But inside, but that'll just lead to more clients or more, whatever. Like it's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the bullshit of persona. Mm-hmm. And that persona bullshits the world. And it's also called the problem of bullshit to the ego. Cause we're lying to ourselves about a lot of that stuff too. What we really mm-hmm. value, what we really find relevant. Mm-hmm. That's the problem too, where you've heard conflicting values, right? Espouse values versus yep. behavioral yep. values. Yep. So we'll tell both ourselves through persona who we, th- who we think we'd like to be. This is what I value. I value dedication and hard work and all that. But every night we're on the couch eating ice cream and chips and watching TV, not working on our business or doing anything. There's a deep difference in value there between what we're pretending to be or even lying to ourselves that we are versus what we actually behaviorally value and impulse value, et cetera. So getting all of that stuff wired deeply differently takes an awareness that most people don't have at all, Mm -hmm. right? It's just not Mm -hmm. online. It's not there at all. So -hmm. that's why we start with, awareness practices, really understanding how you don't have to believe what the self is telling you. So if we went back to your thing of like, I see that I really don't feel like I'm deserving or, you know, what, whatever the exact words were, I'm a disappointment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than doing some practice over time so that you eventually get out of that, let's expose that as the bullshit it is right now and Mm -hmm. forevermore, right? Mm -hmm. That's the move. Okay. There. It's not a time-based thing. There's no path to this. It is a wake up into this moment of, oh, I'm fucking full of shit to myself. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a deep freedom from that that is mm-hmm. a real switch and a real move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make and sense? I, it makes total sense. And I feel yeah. like I, I experience that every once in a while when, because I talk about, I, you know, my, my podcast is more or less my audible audio journal. Yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just talk whatever is on my mind, obviously. Um, and a lot of people come back and be like, that's just so not how I experience you. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. think you're a disappointment. I'm like, yeah. Like what? Yeah. So that's, and I've had that happen plenty of times when I'm like, okay, everyone else thinks one thing or is that has an experience of me that is completely <laughs> in contradiction to how I think, right. Could they all be wrong or is it, I'm the one who, again, not to make it necessarily right or wrong, but like who has the, the more clear perspective. But who, which, who cares about their perspective actually, right? It's good information if you're getting good, good information, information from them to, yeah, to, to maybe, see yourself better. But the thing that yes. matters is how are you occurring to you? Right, right. right? That's what really matters. Right. Because if you're not occurring to yourself, well, them saying you occur to them a certain way doesn't fix a thing, right? It doesn't. It's, it gives me, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an impulse fix in the moment, maybe, but it doesn't, there's no lasting change there. It makes me soon, think, yes, yes, yes. Right. But it and, the, do and the only reason it works at all, if it works at all, is that it changes you in the moment from not believing what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. You go, oh, well, maybe I'm not right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you would say, oh, that works. That's why it's valuable for hearing mm-hmm. from them. But that mm-hmm. doesn't matter long term unless you've really changed that for yourself. Right, right, right. Where that becomes just silliness to you. Right. There's a way to scratch that record so it can never play in the same way again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a lot of a lot of listeners who find themselves in those moments like I do, where uh, where they do get some feedback and they realize that their their own perception of themselves is is you know directly opposite to yeah. how other people are, which just gives us insight. But you're right; it doesn't ultimately change anything for me, right? Yeah. And so I think again, as I'm listening to all this, and I think it gets around to to what you're doing and what you teach. Uh, for a lot of us listening and myself, we're like, okay, so then how would we go about, you know, yeah. getting to the root cause? And I'm doing that, you know, I imagine this, the, the, the programs you teach and the, or the well, online let me, coaching or, yeah. Let me point out one more thing, right? Yeah. It, it's not necessarily a good thing that your persona doesn't match your ego. Okay. Part of that is there's some misrepresentation going on, right? If you yeah. heal, your persona will match your ego more. Yeah, yeah, You will occur to you. Now, in your case, it's probably that your ego has to change because you really are, you know, out in the world doing all the things and all that. For many of us, we're faking and lying out here and our ego is aware of that or to whatever degree aware of that. And there's, there's a mismatch, okay? So mm-hmm. I don't want to just sweep under the rug when persona doesn't match ego that, you know, that's like, oh, that's like a hint to do this kind of personal development. Whatever. That's yeah, a problem, okay. right? Yeah, like if yeah. you're really who you are consistently across the board, there should be very little discrepancy between that because there's very mm-hmm. little pretending or misrepresentation. Or in your case, there's very little internal struggle, right? Like why yeah. would there, there doesn't have to be struggle. And yet we have all these narratives. Again, I want to get this narrative self there. We all kind of go, well, everyone suffers. This is the human condition or whatever. I want to challenge that mm-hmm. in some ways. Absolutely. This is the human condition because it's the average. It's normal. It seems to happen to all of us. It's a yeah. level of consciousness we all get to, but that we don't have to accept that that mm-hmm. can become silly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it's odd when I say this, but, and I, I don't, I don't love the religious reference necessarily, but I literally feel as though like I'm walking in Eden, right? And mm-hmm. 
it, it, when I'm talking to other people, I seem very, very human because self comes, comes online to use language and to judge and to say, you know, metaphoric things that are the meaning that I'm making, et cetera. When I'm not talking to people, there's much less of that mentation online. And there is a very, you know, alive and different experience of what it is to be here. So like, mm. as an example, I'm very aware of what my feet feel like right now and the chill up my back, et cetera. Most people listening probably weren't paying attention to their feet in that way. They're in the mentation of what's happening, but they're not as embodied. They're not here really feeling the beautiful feelings of what's always available. Okay. Mm. And so one example that I give of that is if you imagine two different people going in to get a massage from the best masseuse in the world. Okay. And the first one goes in and they're lost in mentation. They're worried about their taxes, the, this went wrong at work, this is going on, and they're getting a massage for a whole hour, but they're not, their attention is not on the massage. Their attention is in all the problems and everything that's not there and what should be there, what they believe is the right thing to fix and all that stuff. Massage ends and they go, how was the massage? Oh, that was fine. It was great. Whatever, da, 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 da. The other person goes in and can, has the capability to be really present with the massage. And it is the best massage in the world. Like it's you know, just moves your whole life. You're like, oh my God, yeah. you leave and you're like, this is incredible. The reality is, is if you give it a second to check in with what things taste like, what your feet feel like when you walk on the ground, what your body is doing, even sometimes it's pain and it's loud and that needs attention in some way. But most of the time there's actual love and joy like right here for us. That's always here. Okay. Yeah. That could always yeah. be here. And what I like to say there is that the universe is constantly giving you a massage and you're not paying attention to it. You're mm. being that tax guy or the accountant guy, whatever, who's overly worried and is in your so orientation, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. what is the skill to actually come back here and feel like this is not only enough, but this is abundant. I call it an abundance realization, mm -hmm. right? The fact mm -hmm. that you're alive today and you have all the things, and this isn't a thing to mentate about. This isn't like, let me list all the reasons I'm abundant. It's a, it's a sensory thing that can waken up in us where we are truly happy, truly confident, fear goes away, fear of death goes away. And there's a presencing that can happen where, and it's almost like everyone else is living in like a gray filter of what the world is, but you can mm -hmm. like remove that filter. And all of a sudden, like, you know, like you're doing shrooms or something, like everything lights up brighter, beautiful. It's amazing. Like you can be in the cold rain and go like, it's amazing that it's freezing cold and it's raining, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, where most yeah. people are like, how the hell do I get out of here? This is terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that, that kind of shift is this profound change that can happen. And then to your point, a lot of people, because their narration is that's an ineffective, not productive person. And I value production and all these things so much that couldn't possibly be productive. I've never been more productive than as this has expanded in my life. So mm -hmm. much of my energy in my life used to be about persona and what people thought and what I'd have to do and what's the right thing. And I was never happy in any of it. Mm -hmm. When this awakening opens up, now I do things that are deeply meaningful to me and I build complex programs that are hard and I make more money than I ever made as a VP mm -hmm. in the corporate world. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's all the success is here for me too, but I'm not hanging any of my value on that. I value this other thing, which is this deep relevance shift. Okay. If we're lost in that relevance realization that's skipping around and we don't have any control and we're trying to hit life like it's a whack-a-mole, like fixing yeah. this problem, that problem, that problem to get yeah. there. It yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah. I can instead make this moment my relevance, right? In whatever is occurring, watch it like a movie and just enjoy all of the things that arise. 
Now I don't lose any of my agency. In fact, that's where the agency is because I have that impulse and response gap mastered. And now if something bad happens, I can be with it courageously and fully and probably longer than, you know, we could do a test. Like how long mm -hmm. do you want to sit with the electrode on and we'll see how, who can chill longer, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. you really become superhuman in some weird ways there. Does yeah. that make sense? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's yeah. people that train just that pain response or whatever. So I know there's right. people that are great at that, but the point is, is like your everyday life stuff. I was in the hospital. I literally almost died twice within 60 days of now, like in the past, one wow. was a severe dehydration where I got lucky. Somebody called an ambulance for me, or I would have died on my floor right out here. The next jeez. one was because of kidney failure. Oh, jeez. Neither of those led to deep anxiety or fear or anything. Doesn't mean I wouldn't have responded properly. Like these were things that happened to me that I wasn't conscious of and were bad things to happen. But how most people could be so shook or end up with PTSD and I almost died and oh my, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, there's none of that pain comes along with that anymore. Mm -hmm. And the kidney failure, especially was severe pain for really two weeks. I mean, really, really bad for three or four days and finally got to the hospital and it got much better, but it was a couple of weeks of very uncomfortable in lots of different ways. Mm. Um, but my ability to deal with that and even find that beautiful and meaningful is what's changed. Right. Yep. So anyway, I, I don't, I'm sure that didn't answer a question or anything, but I just wanted to. No, what I out. love, what I love about that is that, I mean, in a very articulate way, in a way that I haven't been able to articulate, that is the underlying that, that to me is like the, the genesis of becoming kings yeah. in my mind. Yes. A guy that I'm in pursuing is, is to be that person where, uh, you know, I, and I often say, it's like, oh, you have no fucks to give. Not right. because you don't yeah. care, but like nothing affects you. And it's like, you know, I'm a Christian. So it's not so much necessarily like living my life as Jesus, but like you're just above it all. But, it, but it is living like Jesus, right? It is like, yeah. that, is, that is what Jesus had the capability to be and do like, yeah. and, and we often say that's, he was connected to the vine. Yes. Right. That separate, that part of you that is critiquing. I mean, if you think about it, this is consciousness is God, right. Or whatever yeah. universe, all, whatever we want to give it. And if I'm sitting over here, like critiquing all this, I might as well be like a little kid just going, I don't like that. And I don't like totally. that. I don't like that. Totally. I don't like that. Instead, can you fall in love with everything you do have? And yes. then see how much abundance gets thrown at you after that, right? Mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. But it's so counterintuitive to a self that's afraid and is trying to survive. Notice self doesn't want to die. Mm -hmm. and, and religions talk about heaven and things like that to, so in some ways, and not, not that it's not real. I'm not making any claims about religion or whatever. But part of that, and certainly the political sides of that were emphasized for control because people were scared of death. And if you don't behave this way, you're going to hell. And there's a lot of that kind of mm -hmm. language around these things. A lot of those, and it's not just Christianity, it's there's hundreds or thousands of religions that all have these narratives about that yep. because self is so scared of death. Mm. We don't actually have to be afraid of death. There's a lot of uh, talk now where that is the actual underlying motivation of everything. You know, there's some people who would say that, that, that this unconscious fear of death that we just can't even face most of us until we have to, but it's driving a lot of this unhappiness and this, I'm not there our whole lives. And part mm -hmm. of being saved in Christianity is a realization of being able to put that to bed because you believe you're going to a better place, right? You're like, totally, I'm, totally. I'm saved. And that's amazing. So 
that can be taken off the table that way, but it can also be taken off the table in a totally different way where you can actually see that you're not that self that's concerned with that even while you're here. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, this might sound very weird, but you can die in a certain sense and have a beautiful experience of that without losing yourself in any way, right? There's a yeah. way that I don't have to be Rob and let Rob go. By the way, five-year-old Rob died a long time ago. 20-year-old Rob is no longer here. I'm constantly evolving and changing. Right. So what am I gripping onto, right? What right. am I holding onto? And why right. is my legacy so important, et cetera, right? It's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's something else here that we should be valuing instead. Mm -hmm. And just because I don't want to forget to say it, this doesn't mean that's the only path. We can also just become amazing at self, right? This self thing has evolution within it that is being more effective, is having some of this gap protection. But there's this bigger wake up that I usually call the fundamental shift, which is this deeply profound um, shift. And that's what all my coaching is about, doing both of those things, right? Shaping the identity and also escaping the identity and the fundamental shift. I love it. Again, it makes me think of... Uh, to your point, like I'm still so much uh, in my head, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm living in my head. I'm, I'm, you know, experiencing, like you said, as that little kid who's constantly critiquing, yeah. you know, uh, from, from a place of scarcity yep. versus like you said to the, and I was thinking it and you said it just that instead more embodying. Yeah. Truth. Or abundance realization, right? Abundance like really, realization. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Like, you know, at any moment, you could be looking at all the things that you have and that are going great, or at any moment, you could be critiquing what's not here and what's bad. The self mm -hmm. on default, unconscious to us, is mostly interested in that creative, and that usually gets a good connotation, but here I mean it negatively. It's creating problems of lack, mm -hmm. thinking that it needs to get somewhere else because it hasn't landed here fully, right? It's wherever it is, it's not enough money, it's not enough friends, it's not enough happiness, it's not enough whatever, unless we check out and get lost in a movie or check out and get high or check out and Amen. scroll. Right. Yep. But then yep. as soon as self comes online mm -hmm. and I become self-reflective at all, it's not good enough. I'm not there. I'm not making them happy enough, or I'm not happy enough, or my bank account's not big enough or whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yes, there are legitimate things like paying rent and we have to do all that. And if that's the dysfunction that you're at, you need to learn human skills, right? Like that's mm -hmm. get a job, keep a job, save, learn how to save and not do the impulse of overspending, et cetera, so that you can mm -hmm. build some type of wealth for yourself and have money that you can lean on. But, you know, what happens when our currency goes to zero or whatever? Like, you know, it's like, how are you going to deal with the ability to adapt, you know, and thrive instead of just, you know, try to survive? How can you become not only resilient, but truly anti-fragile where- mm -hmm you know, anything that comes at you is just making you stronger and, and, mm. and, and better. That's mm. what this skill is. And that's why anybody who's like, how do I like become an entrepreneur? It's like, oh, we can do that, but there's a whole, I'm going to change self. Like we're going to change the whole game here. And I'm really only interested in working with people that want to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. those are my clients. They want to have the real evolution of the whole thing. And, you know, that's, that's why I do identity shifting. And for those, uh, it's a good segue for those that yeah. want to, to explore more of that, what would be the, the, the normal question? How, how can they start that process with you? And yeah. what, what would that look like? Yeah, for sure. So we just moved all our technology over. I'm really excited about it. There's more coming soon, but if anybody wants to go to robscott.com, um, there's a, a free course that'll be there really, really soon. If it's not there when you get there and uh, just, you know, get on my list. And basically I offer identity shifting is really the only offering. And there's a couple of flavors. The first level is identity shifting coaching. And um, 
that gets you access to this very rich library of courses that take you through everything. And then, you know, twice a month coaching uh, in, a, in a group format. Cool. And then there's a higher level that's a mastermind that mm-hmm. adds a ton of accountability, much more time with me, a ton more group calls and, and a whole lot of other things. And it really just depends on uh, obviously what people can afford in one sense, but more than that, um, not just in money, but in time and attention and how important yeah. it is and all that. Um, yeah. Anyone can sign up for the coaching. Uh, the mastermind is an application process because I want to talk to them to make sure it's a good fit for them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so sweet. And, and just, I mean, again, this is just another example, but uh, in both men and women that I've talked to uh, when, when we're talking about sex in general, uh, mm. men who have performance anxiety, women who have performance anxiety can never have an orgasm. You know, yeah. it's, it's, and I'm always like, well, what, but where are you mentally, you mm-hmm. know, or are you in your body every single time they're thinking about, What's yeah. he thinking about they're me? Not, and they are, can't be present. They can't be present, present in the sensation. Yeah. They're not in their body mm-hmm. every single time. So I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. that's interesting. I've noticed that pattern, you know? So becoming so, that guy who can receive the massage, right? Can mm-hmm. you actually receive the sensations that are happening to you? The mm-hmm. ones that tickle a little, the ones that hurt a little, the ones that feel amazing, like the good and bad of those. Can you instead be a watcher of those rather than a judger of those or worse, like the accountant lawyer guy who's not even present at all and is overthinking, right? So that woman who, am I pretty enough? Does he think I'm fat? Whatever's going on. The man, gosh, what if I lose my erection? Like all that stuff is that narrator coming online. Mm -hmm. And now where's our attention? Our attention isn't in the room anymore. It's into fiction. It's into fantasy and worry and all that stuff. So if you don't have any agency over that, and this is just the, I know we're I know we're long, but can I, can I do another no, two, two minutes? <laughs> of course, that's yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Like if you can't manage your attention, just, you know, think about being effective at like doing anything in online business or whatever, like, or any business, like being a, an effective employee at any level or an effective entrepreneur at any level, you have to manage your own attention to be able to stay with something. If every time your phone bings and beeps, it's pulling you. If every time you're on a web page, you're wanting to jump over to Amazon to look for something or whatever, like we're just moving around all the time and we're being trained into a more ADHD type mentation. And we don't even see that our attention is like bopping around all the time, right? We don't manage that at all. Okay. So a huge move to become men or kings or whatever you want to be is, do you have the ability to manage your attention? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. So this is almost like a more manly way to say, well, like, go meditate and see, can you, can you count 10 breaths without a thought? Are you capable of that? Cause if you're not, you're not running the show, man, you're mm-hmm. unconscious and is running the show and you don't even see it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you take three breaths and you realize you're thinking again, you go, God, I only got to three. What's going on? Like you have work to do period mm-hmm. full stop. Like we don't even have mm-hmm. to go any further. You mm-hmm. have to develop that ability to see the mentation that's happening. doesn't mean all the time, but can you, when it gets bad, when that mentation has turned into a bad emotion, use that as the alarm to wake up and go, oh, let me put the mentation down. Let me just come back into sensation, right? Yep. That's a yep. massive skill. And the bigger problem that I'm going to show you, whether it's meta that does it well or web three in whatever way, as we get more and more into augmented and virtual reality, yep. where there's many kids now, and by the way, this is happening with girls on, men on Instagram already, and it's not 3D yet. It's just still... The, the identity, where are they identifying? Their identity is out in their persona of what they're putting online mm-hmm. more than it is present here in this moment or in their ego. And a mm-hmm. really obvious way to say that is any people who might have little brothers or they themselves or whatever, let, let's imagine a little kid in middle school and he's fat, he's non-athletic, he's ugly, he's got acne everywhere. 
he's in VR, but he's a, he's a rock star in VR. Like he's just mm-hmm. badass at the swords and he's got all the extras and he's asking his mom for Roblox bucks and whatever. And he's making his avatar amazing. And he walks around in school and he's fat and his belly's sticking out and he smells a little bit and everything. But all the people are like, yeah, but that's King Slayer 45. Like you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It, his identity is moving mm-hmm. out there, not just for him, right? Yeah. If he was alone doing it, but in school, like his social thing. So do you think when he's home, he actually wants to be in his own body. Do you think he actually wants to go to dinner and like be present with mom and talk about what's going on and the bad grades he's getting and all he's dying to go be Kingslayer as much and as often as he can. So -hmm. what's happening is parents are losing their kids into their identity on Instagram or some virtual reality over here. And there's the threat of this just happening in mass, Mm. by the way, we're all losing ourselves into that too, which we don't Mm. see. We don't think, Oh, that's not happening to me, but how often are you on your phone before you're doing anything else in the middle of the day? Did you really listen to Huberman and go for a walk like he told you to that would be so helpful? Or did you just not move your phone at all and keep looking because you're addicted? It's impulse response. You're not managing yourself in that way, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yourself is actually managing you. And that's a problem. Okay. So that's, that's the thing. So when that mom is like, please come to dinner, Tommy, please come to dinner. And then threatens, I'll take it away, take it away that he won't, or he can't, or if he's there, he's then angry. Like all he's trying to do is get back to Kingslayer. Now watch what happens. Someone from a neighboring school comes in and is a better Kingslayer and Mm. beats him up and steals all his things. And that kid kills himself or that girl who's getting shamed online kills herself. Like we're literally losing how we identify because we don't have the skills to notice how identity happens to us, Mm. how the self is occurring to us. And, And a little point here, I I've built self mastery courses and I've built all these different things. And people have asked me like, well, why don't you call this like self mastery or something? Because it's bigger than that. Self is only one way that we identify. Okay. We can actually identify beyond self and little Mm -hmm. kids identify prior to self. There is no self at the beginning. There's no ego online in the very beginning. So self is only a portion of this mastery that we want to do. Self mastery is really important. We need Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. the bigger game here is, can you, master your identity and how you're identifying in any moment. And ultimately the gravity of that identity, moving it up through the selves and even eventually maybe past the selves in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. makes me think of just all the different kind of attachment styles that I've learned since I was a little, totally. little guy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And how I identify with that. So yeah, man, well, we could keep talking as always, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but it's so powerful. And I, and you know, I always feel great after every podcast, but this one in particular, I feel, uh, you know, I feel just more uplifted, uh, grounded. I feel, uh, I, I just appreciate even you just saying, no, it's not the, the time thing. It's really more of the, just be, you know, be in the moment. Be Can grateful. you just, yeah, just be grateful. And when you see that, just see it as narration rather than truth, yeah. right? We assuredness of meaning is what a belief is. Okay. Yeah. And as we believe something, I don't mean a choice belief like a religion we're choosing, okay? I mean, what you think is real isn't exactly as you think it is, right? Our perception is messy. And I have a lot of examples of this that I show people, you know, tangibly, and we could do it, but we're going to wind up, we're going to wind down here. But like that narration, you're believing it in that moment, or it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect you, right? Like you, it it feels true, right? That's what a belief is. So we take our beliefs to be the truth. So what I really want for you is, man, you're not a disappointment. And if you are, it doesn't matter. You need to decide that that's not useful as a narration. Mm -hmm. You need to not believe it, see it as narration and just put it down. 
And one great way is to get present, to find gratitude, whatever, but also like laugh at it. Be like, oh, there's that thing again. You know, that's, that's just silly. And uh, if you want to do anything, we can, we can scratch it. So it never comes back again ever, but yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you. So, so powerful. Really, really awesome. good stuff. Yeah. I love you're being awesome. here. I hope I get yeah. to do it again. You're, you're the best, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Thank you so cool. much fellas. Uh, and, and ladies, cause I know there's some ladies listening as always, uh, if this resonates, which I have a hard time thinking it hasn't, but if it, uh, if it does go check out Rob's stuff, uh, robscott.com. I'll put it all in the show notes, um, or real Rob Scott on Instagram. I know you were podcasting for a while too. the Rob yeah, Scott we're show. Bringing, we're bringing that back. We've been doing that tech move for a while. So yeah, we'll Love be it. doing new shows soon. Rob Scott show, uh, on, all or most of the platforms. So yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So much good content, man. So much good content. Um, check it out. And uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate thank you. you. Thank you. Appreciate, yeah. appreciate you, man. Bye. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Johnny Kings, uh, Johnny King show and the becoming Kings podcast. There you go. Cheers. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.